Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for another 24 episode. We are recapping episode 20 of season 3, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. First aired on the 27th of April 2004. Written by Virgil Williams, directed by John Kazar. And I'm pumped and excited and thrilled to be here for this because it's 24. We love 24 and that's why we're doing 24. My name is Ben and Colin, I'm really getting tired of your personality. And my name is Colin and you touched my system. Oh, so you said sister. I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, before we get started, can I just make a little announcement? Um, you, you were unaware of this. I didn't mention anything to you. You give me a shocked look and everything right now where I'm going with this. Um, this is my 1000th episode of the Oz Network. Ah, so congratulations. I just wanted to toot my own horns. None of you give a shit and count. I'm the one who counts. So, um, yeah, I wish I could play a clip or a sound. Maybe I can play a sound effect. That's a good sound effect. But, um, what did you get me, Colin? Where's my present? I got you <laughs> some leftover barbecue chicken from last night. Yum. It will be in the mail. Canada Post, it'll arrive in February. Oh, look at that. Uh, I actually don't know what that says about me, the fact that I've literally done 1,000 episodes of a podcast. Um, considering Survivor Oz, I think I did about 900. So I've done nearly 2,000 episodes on this fucking show. Um, so <laughs> Wait, what, what am I at? I'm getting too what old for this shit. Um, <laughs> what are you at? This is your 562nd episode of the Oz Network. And according oh, to my tally of Survivor Oz, you did 39 official episodes as a host. <laughs> so... Um, Good job, Colin. Go. It's about me, I, Colin. It's my 1,000. It's not your 560 seconds. We're not here it's to talk about 24 or Jack or Michelle <laughs> or Tony. Forget those people. Ben's the man of the hour. What's your favorite Ben episode of his 1,000 episodes he's done of this show? So uh, oh. tweet us in. Pay us on our <laughs> Patreon. Maybe our next Patreon can be celebrating Ben's 1,000 episodes featuring Colin Hilding. Uh, I just wanted to, to mention that. So, you know, I'll, I'll I'm let you know when you, you get to your 1,000. My, uh, <laughs> my expectations are through the roof now, so you'd better be really funny. Well, fuck. Uh, 999 episodes I've struggled. Do you think that's going to change in 1,000? <laughs> Probably not. Um, anyway, about me aside, let's talk about 24. Um, I enjoy this episode. It's a good episode. You're probably going to say it's shit based on last week. Um, but it's it's the Saunders show again. I do love me some Saunders. Uh, so I love him sort of getting away and we sort of get the beginning of this whole Tony storyline and Michelle getting kidnapped, uh, which, you know, is, is interesting. Um, I like it. I like this episode. Uh, I, I know I spoiled it at the end of last week. I mean, I do like this one better than last week. Uh, I will say we're kind of in that stage of this season where I feel like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're, they're stalling for time. Uh, it's not exactly the best content that they're putting out in season three. Having said that, I think a lot of the weak things that are going on in this section uh, are all building towards stuff that's going to really pay off. Uh, it's just getting to the payoff that's a little bit of a challenge. So, I, again, I don't hate this episode. I do have a lot of issues with a lot of stuff going on in the show at this point. Uh, which I'll definitely pinpoint this week and probably next week as well. Uh, but let's just say it right now, Carlos Bernard, that man can act. Enough taking well, shots at him. <laughs> this is his week. It's taken him three seasons, so he had to get good at it eventually. <laughs> it's kind of like me, a thousand episodes. Maybe I'll get good at podcasting one day. But um, 
Yeah, I Who disagree. Who needs podcasts or friends when you're this good at I, podcasting, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, I disagree. I think that the end of this season is fantastic, and I think it all builds oh, up and it's building up right is, now. Yeah. That's I, what I said. I, That's literally I will, what I said. <laughs> but I, what, I, what I'm implying you're saying, though, is that right now it's not there yet, and I disagree. I think that this all ends fantastically, and I think this all is lumped into that ending. And I'll just say this right now, in my Ford Speed rewatch, I am nearly done with season five, um, and this ends way better than season four and season five. I'm saying that right now. It's a much more coherent yeah. ending, whereas season four and season five are all over the place when it comes to the ending. They hit their peaks at a certain time and then they go, okay, what do we do from here? Whereas here, <laughs> this maybe had that at the halfway point with the Salazars and since Saunders gets brought in, I think it just it's very consistent. So that's, that's my argument and maybe I'm a little bit uh, biased given that I'm right now watching future seasons. But um, I don't know. I... I I, I love Saunders, Colin. I just, I, I want this man yes. to come to my 1,000th episode party. <laughs> my Some of my issues with Saunders are starting to come up now. <laughs> That's the problem I'm having. The one thing that annoys me about Saunders is Jane. And <laughs> you know that, again, this guy basically has a perfect plan and is doing everything completely perfect until Jane comes into the picture. But we're still a couple <laughs> of weeks away from what really annoys me about that. But anyway, um... Palmer drama. <laughs> what is there to go over this week? Um, Palmer decides to have a meeting with the press. Um, actually, no, before we get to the press, Aaron needs to make an appearance. Here he is. Hello, Aaron. Uh, Aaron storms in with his security detail and he's basically all like, sup, um, you got to go. And Palmer's all like, now nah, I'm going to stay. And Aaron's like, okay. And then that's about it. Um, I love how he comes in and he's like, Sir, Section 27 of the Secret Service indicts that I can take control and Jenkins over at HQ has, and I have to sign off on it. And I love when David goes to Wayne, what is he saying, Wayne? <laughs> I'm not overly familiar with the specifics, but I think he's invoking Section 72C. <laughs> and it's like, he just said that. Like, you just said to me, I didn't listen to you, Colin. Well, I just, Wayne's not listening right there. Like, I think he's saying he can do this. Hmm. Okay. Well, we will take your word for it then, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, this, I think Palmer's just so pointless this week because then it's all like, Hmm, the presser. Okay, yes. Get him in a room with no recording devices and anything because they're the press and we trust them. They're not going to go out. I mean, last time you did this, you locked someone in a room and you made it worse. <laughs> so anyway, he gets to the press in. He's all like, guys, this is bad. There's lots of stuff going on, but you're the press and I trust you. And the woman's all like, you're the president. You owe us information. I'm the president and I must lead. And you <laughs> must trust me as the press to do your duty and serve your public well. Um, why is he bringing the press in at like 8 a.m. to be like, he doesn't have a good track record on bringing mm. the press in without any, like, like, surely what's his face from last season went public, he's written a book, you know, I was detained by the yeah. president, went on Fox News, he's, he's done the rounds. So, like, surely these people know this. Uh, why doesn't he just have a press conference? Just have a press conference. You've elevated the level at this point. The the fact that this has gotten out, these press are not going to leave this room and go, well, that man's got a point. Well, better <laughs> get back to telling stories about cats running away from their owners now, not this whole, you know, <laughs> terrorist threat in that hotel that's killed 800 innocent Americans. Who wants to know about that? Um, just... Open communication with the press. Tell them the truth. You've closed the airports. The status is at red. LA's in panic. Well, is it? Um, they're not, you know, what's his face? Megan Mullally's wife's not bashing Muslims this time around, so I think they're kind of fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's Palmer stuff's pointless this week. There's really nothing to talk about. It's one of the many things that is leading towards something bigger, which we'll get into more next week. I mean, it's it's as if, the writers said, how are we going to bring Sherry back? And then like, oh, I know we can bring in the, the, the whole Keeler thing. Well, how do we get back to the Keeler thing? Palmer's going to have to have a press conference at 8 a.m. I think the issue I have with this is that, like you said, the Secret Service is invoking Section 72C, uh, or at least that's what Wayne believes it is. And uh, this is what drives Palmer to make the press conference. But if anything, the Secret Service saying, listen, you are no longer fit to stay here or to make the decision to stay here. 
we're pulling you out guy. <laughs> and then he's like, no, give me a chance. Put me in a room with a lot of unsecured press people who probably have a grudge against me. Like he has gone from being basically detained Palmer being detained against his will by the secret service to them saying, okay, you can stay in Los Angeles to, okay. You can have an open press conference for something that he literally could have just said, put a camera on me in a secret room, just like every president ever does. And then I will announce this to the world. The press conference is what or makes no sense release. at all. A press, a press release. Yeah, exactly. We have a message from the president here. He is currently on a flight out of Los Angeles. the president of the USA who is dealing with yeah. a terror. The country's at code red. He doesn't have time to sit down with, like, John Smith from the Bergen Valley <laughs> Gazette. Like, he doesn't, like, <laughs> as a journalist myself, I could barely sit down with the mayor of Hobart without 17 prior meetings before having to get her on well, the line. Like the difference is though you couldn't even get hired at the Hobart Garden Gazette. <laughs> That's the difference. That's We're talking lie. prestigious. You here. know it. Um, <laughs> too good for that. Um, but like again, you've got to chuck your realism at the door sometimes. Yeah. Got to, we've literally watched the President of the United States sitting by himself for like the last 20 hours doing nothing. <laughs> so sure. Well, like, again, I've said this so many times through the season. I feel bad. I'm not taking a shot at the writers or the producers or, or how this season planned out. Uh, the fact is, you know, their hands are tied. The network says, give us 24 episodes. You can't write 24 episodes all in advance. I mean, next season is going to be interesting to watch. Well, but, uh, is it? Uh, no, Yeah, next season, I think they, they probably got closer because the the way that the, the schedule changed. I know by season seven, they had a few more liberties because of the writer strike and all that. But this season, season three, you can write a couple episodes enough to get you started and then you have to plan things as you go along. So I'm not faulting them at all. Uh, but I think we've just been so spoiled by present day TV where if a show's going to air, it's very rare to have a show that goes over 12, 13 episodes nowadays. And they have the luxury of planning from point A to point Z. Uh, we don't have that here. So uh, this is looking back on it from a modern audience judging the way modern TV is, where it sticks out like a sore thumb when you just suddenly say, hey, Secret Service only now decided that you shouldn't stay here. The decision would have been made when he said, we're, we're grounding all air travel. And they're like, listen, before you ground all air travel, we got to get you out. This is our, yeah. and the Secret Service has the right, this isn't like some secret section 72C. In any situation, the Secret Service is allowed to say, no, Mr. President, we are calling the shots. We're sending you here. This happened during 9-11. It happened probably during you know, Pearl Harbor. It's, it probably happened a million times. And the fact that this is such a big deal and that they're only thinking of it now, that's what bothers me. But again, I'm not faulting anybody for it because this was 2004. It was very different from the way that television is done now where you can plan it out in advance. And it's a solid point. And I think we've talked a lot about that in so many of these shows we cover is that you know, I mean, by this stage, yeah, they knew that a DVD was going to be released of it. But a lot of these shows, when they were aired and done back in this period of television, still went on the notion of this is a one and done deal. Unless you're taping it on a VHS, you're never going to watch this again. So therefore, you don't have a podcast or a blog that's going to rip into this every analysis. They'll just do a review maybe on the Sunday Times and then that's it, you know. So it, it, it is, I'm not excusing it because for the most part, you rewatch these shows and the continuity is there. And mm -hmm. you're right, like... It's not how TV was done back then where you did write 24 episodes in advance and there are times when it really does show in certain storylines. I would argue that season three, for the most part, does a pretty solid job of keeping it quite oh, yeah. coherent, unlike last season. Season one mm -hmm. did it for the most part. <laughs> and not to, that I was bagging out four and five, but there's a big plot point in season five which everybody remembers, but once that big twist happens it really feels like the writers just flicked a switch and it's like, wow, okay, this doesn't hold up that well. It's on a, on a first time you watch it. It's amazing on this, on a rewatch when you know, you're like, this doesn't make much sense. But anyway, um, the point is like, yeah, like I get it. And Palmer, there's not much for him to do here and sure he's doing this, but it's, it gets very good for him moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, not that I hate, like this isn't the worst thing we've ever seen Palmer be involved in. But it's just there. It's just like, yeah. and like, you're right, the Secret Service, like Aaron, nice guy. We like Aaron. Aaron will go on to be a great character. Still is a great character. But like, he's a smart man, Aaron. Like, he's <laughs> like, no, no, I don't care. Like, you've got to get the fuck out of here. Like, as yeah. we hear at CTU, like the quarantine thing going on, COVID, 
I don't think they got like, well, Trump, he was still in control him, wasn't he? Biden, <laughs> like, I mean, Biden's not going to sit around if DC's got pockets. I mean, Biden's had, I swear Biden's had COVID like 17 times, hasn't he? Like, it's He is Palmer. He's like, listen, I don't care if there's COVID <laughs> in the White House, in my bedroom, anywhere. I will be right there with the American public. I will catch COVID with you. If I have to do it a hundred times, I will catch COVID a hundred times so that I can show I am one of the people. <laughs> you know, this guy's had COVID enough when it's breaking news when he tests negative. Uh, <laughs> I literally saw a headline. It was like, Joe Biden has tested negative to COVID. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. Um, so that happens more often than he tests positive, but sure. Anyway, um, but yes, Palmer next week, more with him. Um, I should have mentioned the uh, Mr. Scene, I guess, when uh, he doesn't give in to Saunders' demands this time around, the whole list on the website. Uh, you know, he's, I've, I've made my decision. I am not going to comply with his demands. And it's like, oh, sure, Chappelle could have used that a couple of hours ago. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Glad his life means nothing, but we can't let old Sally Jenkins out in Tibet know that her cover might be blown because she's a spy. Um <laughs> So whatever, like, can you just give this list and then just call up these spies and go, your cover's blown, Sally. Now use your real name of Frederica uh, and, you know, jump the border into Pakistan. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Do how we spies also, work. We, we also, I don't think we've even addressed the fact that, like, Saunders' plan here about releasing the names and every the identities of all these agents. This is this started with Mission Impossible, like the first Mission Impossible movie. This was the plot with the knocklist. And then it. yeah. Yeah. And then Skyfall basically did the same thing. So this this is it, it's early. It's it's obviously not post-Skyfall. It's very pre-Skyfall, post-Mission Impossible. But this is just a trope of spy yeah. television and movies now. It's like I want all the names. But it really if you think about it, it's like how dramatic is it? You know, and, and I like the fact that it's not I'm going to drop a bomb on, you know, uh, New York City or uh, Marietta, Georgia. <laughs> it, it's just it's something simple. It's more realistic. Uh, yeah. But is it like the highest stakes thing where you're like, oh, no, we have no other way out of this. The virus is the biggest threat. And it is such a backseat plot device right now of the names of the spies. They're not but, making a big enough deal of it. Yeah. But I think that that's maybe the point. Saunders is kind of you know, he's working his way up to see what he can do. I mean, he did it by say the sky is falling, kill one guy. Okay. Well now let's try it a little bit harder. I'm going to get you to this. So if the president got along with, okay, uh, I want to be the mayor of Chicago. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Congratulations. Stephen Saunders, you are the mayor of Chicago. Yes. All right. Now I want, I want to, to own the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Bring back crystal Pepsi now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He just, he's got all these bands and I want a country, uh, Canada. Give me Canada. I want to make own- pictures of B. Arthur, cottage <laughs> cheese in a football helmet. <laughs> like he's, he's not doing this for like world domination. He's just he's just demanding little prick. He's just like, <laughs> you know, I, what, what was it uh, on a Majesty's Secret Service? I want to be like Count Blofeld or whatever it is, Deschamps. Yeah. Or, that's all he wanted. Uh, but I just will the make title. <laughs> people not eat crops and they will be allergic to bananas. Um, anyway, uh, so um, I guess with the Saunders... So I, I well, I mean, we, we, uh, Michelle, CTU, I guess Saunders ties into Jack. So mm. um, I guess uh, with uh, Michelle, she's at the hotel. Michelle's at the hotel this week on Fox. Uh, <laughs> hi, Chase I'm Michelle. on the case, Michelle at the hotel. <laughs> and I own a hotel. Um, <laughs> so good news, everyone. Michelle's not sick, uh, really. Everyone else is dying and bleeding and she's been okay. Um, it's a nice scene. I like it when she calls up Tony and she's just basically like, hey, I'm okay. And, oh, I love you so much and I Whoa. love you too. Get back here. You don't like this? No, no, I was going to say, it doesn't exactly, there's another one of those long dramatic pauses. Miss Dessler or oh. Miss Dessler Almeida. No, no. Here is your envelope. We decided instead of just coming to tell you, we're going to package it, stamp it, seal it, give it to you dramatically. And then she opens it and she calls Tony. And it, I swear there's like two or three back. And forth. Hi, Tony. Yes. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How you doing? Uh, not bad. Neck still healing. Oh, okay. Uh, listen, my neck, remember? So, yeah. <laughs> listen, so uh, things are going well here at the hotel. Um, they got room service is pretty good. Uh, I don't know this. I'm sorry to say this, but I don't know if I'm going to be home later. Something has come up. <laughs> It's not death. Don't worry. It's not death. And then, no, 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 I'm not sick. No, no, it's not that. I just don't think I can feed the cat on time. It's so drawn out. Just call and say, Tony, I'm not sick. Good news. 
And meanwhile, poor old Lenny's in the background there with his results scrolling <laughs> up on the floor. No, I'm dying. <laughs> Doug Savant's in there bleeding all over Adam's sister. <laughs> I'm just like, I kind of feel sorry for this agent in the background because you don't see, you yeah. cut to him screwing his thing up after Michelle's been on the phone going, I love you, baby. I'm so glad I'm not going to die. Oh, Lenny's here. Shit. She even turns uh, around and says, like, Lenny, it's a good day, isn't it? <laughs> she starts singing like the birds are here. <laughs> uh, the sun will come. <laughs> out tomorrow for one of us <laughs> not you because lenny's going to die um it's an i like it but i get it is a bit drawn out but i do like it how you got all the hazmat people coming into her before michelle your results will be here in 10 minutes you will find out if you're going to die or live in 10 minutes and then you've got i'll keep going what's another random female names uh penelope penelope's been dragged in the room i'm not like, shut up, Penelope, get in there. <laughs> Die with the rest of us. Um, but like, I, I really don't want to downplay the scene because the scene is done yeah. really well. I mean, and also, we're, we're talking about how you view things differently now. In 2004, you would have assumed, oh, there's no way they're going to kill Michelle. But we are, what, two hours removed from them killing Ryan Chappelle? So yeah. I can remember the time being like nothing. It's it's the it's like the way you haven't seen it, but the way everybody responded in Game of Thrones when they started killing off the main, not, not even just main characters, the main stars of the first season, that the main characters are killed off and it's not even the end of the season. And people like, like nobody is safe. And that's yeah. kind of what this was. And this was the first network television show to kill off characters. Any, any TV character that was killed off prior to this, you knew they were going. It's like, oh, this actor has not renewed their contract and they're going to have their final episode. So like, okay, the question is, are they going to write them out or are they going to die? Now you've killed off Chappelle. You've killed off Mace in the previous season. Michelle, you're assuming at this point is going to be killed off. You wouldn't have been two, two weeks earlier, but now you're assuming they're going to kill her off. So it does come as a surprise. And that's one of the dramatic moments. And then the performance, especially from Carlos Bernard. I mean, he is not phoning it in here. <laughs> He's given it his all. And he's on the phone, so that's saying something. Um, <laughs> and instead of killing Michelle, they're going to kill Adam's sister. Not Adam's oh, sister. No, no. no. Listen, no. you've taken so much from us in three seasons. Just don't take Adam's sister. <laughs> Why must they die so young? Um, take Ed instead. Nobody yeah, cares. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, in uh, particularly season five, we're going to know what they're going to do with... Uh, Big name characters just out of nowhere. <laughs> so this is a thing that Twenty Four will continue to do. But yeah, no, I'm with you. It's a great scene, and Carlos is great. Rayco is great. It's a it's a great scene. Uh, um, important thing here is Michelle's are like, oh, Jenny from NHS is taking me down to the office. They're going to quarantine me for eighteen hours because oh, she's got an immunity. She's found the idol, so she's safe. She doesn't have the virus. Uh, she's not going voted home in the tribal council of death. <laughs> Um, but like, why does she have to go to like, like, oh, they're going to monitor our symptoms for 18 hours, not 12, not yeah. 24, 18 hours. <laughs> very specific. Uh, so if that's, if my calculations are correct, so that will be at about two in the morning, she will be fine. Um, it's very yeah, specific, I just, right? I still just have an issue with the fact that they, they really ha don't care at all. They're like, listen, everybody here has been exposed. You're either immune or you're not. And then when you say you're immune, well, you're immune, but we're still going to watch you. Like, okay, yeah. so keep them there. <laughs> like, don't let them go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, if this is the whole thing of, like, like COVID, like, I'm sure when people first got COVID, they would, you know, you're fine, but let's monitor you on this because we don't know anything about it. But they yeah. clearly know everything about this disease because, you know, they've gotten this, that, and everything else for it. So, um but anyway, so she's going to, you're not going to hear from Michelle for a while. Uh, you're going to see her get in the car. And I, I do love the other random CTU people who are there who are like high-fiving each other as they're leaving the hotel. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to live. Suck Dodge it, a suicide Penny, pill Lenny, for another day. <laughs> whatever your name is, suck it. I get to go home to my wife and my husband and yay. Um, but I, the one thing I love about this episode and kind of I'm jumping ahead here because it's obviously implied that we think – for obvious reasons, that Kim is going to be targeted here or Jane's yeah. going to be targeted. The way they play it, you sort of get Saunders here saying, you know, like, oh, are you watching her when she's leaving? And mm -hmm. I remember watching this for the first time, having no clue that uh, it was going to be Michelle. And knowing what happens, it's kind of obvious when you see the over-obviousness of this motorbike with Kim and that. And obviously I'm jumping ahead a bit here. But um, mm. my point is Michelle's going to get kidnapped here at the end. So um, that's the Michelle storyline. Uh, and I guess CTU, the only thing that's really not connected to Jack and everything else is, oh, no, Adam's sister is dying, not Adam's <laughs> sister. 
Um, this Okay, this is one trope I really do not like about 24. It happens every season. I'm seeing this in season four and season five, and I forget how much of an abundance they do this with, is random CTU workers, families in peril of the season. Um, oh, wait, we had a- wait till you get to season six. <laughs> oh, well, the whole thing's a family drama. But, like, yeah. obviously we had it last year with Michelle. This year now it's Adam's sister. Next year it's going to be Edgar and his mother. Rip to her. Um, and then, <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to shit on Edgar's mother. Um, and then we just get other ones. And, it's and like, what, season five, it's freaking Sean Aston and Lynn and his drug-obsessed sister. It's just like, we well, get it. They've got family and they're not perfect. But, like, it's uh, just. Audrey's husband, including uh, him. Yeah. That's a whole couple of episodes to talk about that storyline. <laughs> I can't wait to next season to talk about Paul because he's an interesting one. But, um, yeah, I just, like, why do we need to humanise Adam with, like, four episodes to go? I'm just spoiling this now. She dies. That's about it. It has no bearing on anything. That's yeah. cool. There you go. That's all we need to care about. Um, I just, uh, like, why? Why? And I feel it's- Zachary Quinto's wasted here with this crap. But I like, yes, I completely agree with you. It is such a random thing to throw out there. But what they've done a good job at in this season is keeping the stakes alive more than we're going to drop a nuclear bomb and then just say, ah, minimal casualties. Don't worry about it. Uh, With people in the hotel getting sick and and getting introduced to characters like Doug Savant and uh, uh, Howard from uh, Better Call Saul and everything, where you're humanizing a little bit. Uh, So I I like the idea of this. I just wish that it would go somewhere, maybe have some repercussions with this past the one episode. It it does basically lend itself to Chloe's worst moment of the entire season. It's like, Adam, I know your sister's dying, but come on, be a man. (laughs) Which it's, and that's the thing, because you're right. Like it doesn't have any implications. We get this one scene where basically Chloe's like, Tony, I've got some bad news. Adam made mistakes. And Adam's like, oh, I really shouldn't have. God damn it, I'm stupid, stupid, stupid. And Tony's like, will you do it again? No, I won't. I will get back to work. Um, And she she calls a board. I own all department heads here just to inform everybody that Adam was wrong. Chloe, like, I just keep, like, we've talked so much about Chloe. And again, having Ford watch this now a couple of seasons, Chloe is so bad this season and they make her so good from next season onwards. They literally, I think the writers had a meeting and said, what are we going to do about Chloe? We want to keep Mary Lynn on board. She's shit. Let's completely change her personality with only a few little quirks to her personality moving forward because like i do love tony here like i'm really getting sick of your personality disorder chloe uh, i'm gonna tell adam his sister's dying um there, there is one like next season we get one character who has a big side plot line with her family which is annoying as fuck but it has ramifications because that leads to her leaving and you never see her again so like I will give it that that at least had ramifications and then we get the return of a character who leaves in season four. So, but like, it's annoying until we get to that point. And it's just, you never trust it. You never trust CTU with, oh no, family member. Like, I, I swear if they rebeat this show, like Jack, reboot this show, Jack's dog is going to be sick and it's going to be like, Jack, it's <laughs> it's Colin, your, your uh, dog sitter. Rover's eating a bad biscuit and he's choking. <laughs> Damn it! Colin, I told you not to give him those biscuits. Ah! <laughs> like, flying back home. Give me Chopper Command. Um, <laughs> like, and again, like, you just kind of forget Adam's even a thing in this season and all of a sudden you've got to make, like, do this at, like, the beginning or do this with some sort of implications. At least next season with Edgar, it's kind of at the beginning, so it's kind of, yeah, yeah done, whatever. Great, mm. cool. Rip Mrs. Styles. But, yeah, whatever. Um, that's CTU. Anything to add on CTU, Michelle, that you haven't already added? Uh, no, it's just, I, I agree with you that, um, Adam is kind of wasted because the way they introduced the beginning of the season, like there's going to be this rivalry and this, uh, back and forth between both him and Kim and then him and Chloe as well. And then it just doesn't become a thing. And it's like, they tried to reintroduce it here and mm. maybe they had a plan where they want to be like, Adam's just really upset with Chloe. And we're going to get into future episodes. It's, it's almost like there's just deleted scenes out there because of the future episodes, it's going to become a thing of with the, the Tony storyline that's going to happen with, uh, oh, no, 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 don't let Adam do this. Oh, no, Chloe's got to do this. And, oh, but that's supposed to be Adam's job. And it's like they just decided we're going to go somewhere with this. Maybe they filmed it and then they cut it from the show. So it's possible that there was more to this and we didn't get anything out of. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think one of the things that saves this episode from like, it's such a subtle thing, but completely saves this episode for me is that fake out with Kim and Jane. Uh, mm. Because even now I'm thinking like, wait a second, like, I know, I know Michelle's gonna 
play into this, but like, does Kim and Jane get taken too? Like I was buying it again. What is this like 17, 18 years later? And it's, it's done so well. And like, as soon as it's over, you're like, oh, that was pretty obvious. The suspicious guy on the motorcycle, which they did the same thing last week with a suspicious rapo guy in the library checking out the, yeah. the young librarian. No, it's not him. It's somebody else. But and it's the done suspicious so guy well. But ro- when Kim gets in the car, that weird guy who's like yeah. looking and Kim's like, and I love it. Kim, doesn't she like shake her head? She's like, no, I'm not getting kidnapped yeah. again. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Season three. They've gotten over that, right? I've already been kidnapped twice this season. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is done so well, uh, the way that they fake up the audience. Well enough that even if you kind of know where this is going, you still can be surprised by it. And I actually think it's the writers having fun because I think the writers are here going, well, of course, Kim's going to get kidnapped again. It's been two weeks. Um, But like, no, they they don't because it's going to be Michelle and it's great. And the the thing that I love about this storyline with Tony and Michelle is it kind of gets reversed next season and it's kind of done even Mm. better. And I really like this sort of tone that in, Two weeks' time, we're going to get one of my favourite episodes of this season and there's a scene between Tony and Jack which is just incredible because there are definitely parallels with this Tony Michelle storyline to season one with Jack and his family, which at the time I'm going like, um, are they just going to ignore the fact that Jack's been a massive hypocrite here with Tony? But then it gets brought up. So then I kind of think like it's it's cleverly done, sort of like retconned and done all this sort of stuff. So, yeah. This is one of the things that I was also talking about where it's like, I know what the payoff is. So I'm still looking forward to, even though I have issues with how the story's handled. Uh, Tony and Michelle, I think is one of the best relationships. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, uh, you know, marriages or you know uh, romantic relationships. Or one of the best relationships of any two characters in 24 because again, John Kassar basically said it came out of nothing. It wasn't there when they started the season. It, it kind of came because he saw something between the two of them and said, why don't you start thinking about ideas? And season two, I mean, it was all just about their chemistry, but it's not like you, I don't think anybody expected that one season later, or even at the halfway point of this season, I don't think anybody expected that their relationship would actually be this well-developed and this dramatic where the stakes were this high, things are going to happen coming up that, that uh, starting in this episode that you, you really do have to uh, suspend disbelief. Like, Oh, this is kind of convenient, but it's done so well because of how good these two actors, they could be on the phone together and it's mm. done so well. And I think that's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to. Even when we get to future season, because they turn this on its head in season four. It does not go the direction you think it's going to go with Tony and Michelle. And in season five, yeah. same thing. It, well, it, it, they reinvent it year after year. And yet it just proves that if you have two actors that are this good together, it doesn't matter what you write for them. It will work. And it's it, you're right, because from this Michelle getting kidnapped on, that defines what happens to Tony and Michelle moving mm-hmm. forward, uh, particularly season four. And then season five. And then ultimately from that point on, from what happens with Tony in later seasons, you know, it's all stems from this one moment. And I think you're right. Like the reinvention works. And I would argue the reinvention with this works better than Jack because there's only so much you can do every season with, oh, look, Jack's not with CTU anymore. So this is where I think I'm a big fan of season three because it's the only season besides season one where he starts off with CTU. He's just an agent at the beginning. Beginning of season four. Oh, you know, this is the excuse. Although the prequel kind of, you know, season four is a bit different. Season five, oh, here he is again. Season six, oh, here he is again. And within like two hours, he's back to normal, which it's like, does that really make sense? He's been, you know, kidnapped in a foreign country for 18 months, being tortured, uh, die another day style. And within two hours, he's okay. All right, cool. Fair enough. Um, But like, yeah, I think you're right, like with the reinvention. And I'd argue that Tony Michelle probably is the number one relationship across all of the seasons. Yeah. It's because... Jack and Terry is only one season and it's already established. Your only one I think would rival it is Jack and Audrey. Um, not Jack and Renee, you know. Oh, uh, what about Bill, the Logans? Uh, well, yeah, no, you're right there. But, like, that's only a season. Um, you only get it for one season and then you get one episode in season six. Um, mm. Bill and Karen, maybe, um, would be the other one there. Chloe and mm-hmm. Miles. Uh, um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Tate Donovan and Audrey. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's a man. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Tony and Michelle are the number one couple of twenty four. That would just probably mm-hmm. be my viewpoint. Um, so basically, everything else. I'm going to tie everything else here because 
Kim killing someone just gets swept under the rug. If she's back in CTU in half an hour doing paperwork, she's fine. She's used to it. <laughs> killed Gary last season. Killed random henchman number 17 this season. She's all good. Jack's proud of it. He's giving her a kiss on the head. I'm proud of you, honey. It's all good, you know, like like daughter. I will say um, this is the last time Kim does kill someone. So um, I'm not up to seven and eight yet, but I don't remember her killing anyone in seven and eight. So um, <laughs> She has a different role there. <laughs> she, exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, so yeah, Kim's going to go back. And why why do they put Kim in the car with Jane? Because they're all like, oh, she's an agent. Um, you know, like if anything, it's like Kim's a magnet for trouble. Separate cars, please. Um, Jane's a very like, high priority target. I think Jane probably has reason to be a little bit upset with Kim too, because she just posed up with uh, as her and kind of is the reason this is all happening. Like, I think she'd be better off if Kim never existed. The thing is, though, I will say this is, this is the stuff I love about this episode. So I actually, I love Jack's interrogation of, of Kim, uh, Kim, Jack interrogates Kim. Um, <laughs> you really well. can't tell them apart. <laughs> Jack, no, it's just like twins. Jack interrogates Jane, um, which I like. Like I like kind of him going through. You know, I knew your dad. He was a he was a patriot, but now I don't know what's happened to him. Here's the evidence against your dad. He's a bad man. He's killed people. The one thing I have to question though is when he's showing him the photos of like. Uh, this is what happened in Kosovo. Who's taking that picture of like Jack looking at a document while Saunders is going over there? Like, yeah. I just like, <laughs> I know. Before, before the missions, just... do you have like the third agent go like, guys, let's do this. It'll be good for like your Tinder profile. <laughs> it's actually, no, Jack's pointing in the distance and Saunders is like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a secret mission too. I just want this to be like on Facebook. It's like Jack Bauer was with Stephen Saunders in Kosovo. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, book twenty. Hey, it looks so like unnatural. The fact that it's just kind of like, hey, and then also I do love Jackie. Gets to go says to Jane like, this is now a live feed of the Chandler Plaza Hotel with edits and cuts. This isn't a live feed. You've got a producer there going cut to camera three. All right, show dead bodies on camera seven. Zoom in on the boogers up her nose to really show the acid coming out of her nose. Like, and I want a star a li- wipe, a star wipe yeah. to the next position. <laughs> It's not live, uh, but nitpicking. But um, and fade just, out to credits. <laughs> I, I, like I, <laughs> for, for your consideration at the Academy Awards. Um, <laughs> but I just I love this scene. I love kind of the interrogation of Jane, and then I love Jane sort of turning around here and just basically like, oh well, I've got a number. It's for emergencies only. So and Jack's just like, we need you to call. Like Jack, Jack does so good with the interrogations. I'm like. Dah, dah, dah. I'm going to shove a towel down your throat. But then I yeah. love these kind of like quiet ones when he just he flips the chair around, sits on it, puts his arm down. He's like, Jane, I'm going to need. Like, this is a man who knows how to get his way, you know, from towels down <laughs> your throat to a simple calming of, of no wonder women love him and men want to be in him. Like, let's be honest. Um, what a man. And this is Kiefer. This is not Jack. This is uh, just Kiefer being Kiefer. Um, so from there we've also got Saunders. He takes a phone call here. And, like, the thing that I love about Saunders, there's one thing that I that annoys me about Saunders is when he's all like, oh, he's not going to release the uh, the list. Jenkins in San Francisco, release the vial. <laughs> oh, wait, that's my daughter's line. Hold, Jenkins. Hi, sweetie. How you going? Did you get the present? Like, why does he tell him to hold? Like, there's no reason for Saunders here to say to Thingo in San Francisco, hold. Like, it's got nothing to do with Jane. He should just be like, yeah, fucking kill all those stupid Golden State Warriors fans. Do it now. Hi, Jane. How's it going? Like, that's my little irk here with my badass Saunders. Um, but I love how he kind of puts two and two together and he's like, are you with a man called Jack Bauer? Uh, and then they trace it. They find him. Uh-oh, they know where Saunders is. Uh, Saunders, <laughs> I don't like Saunders' henchmen here. Damn it, Stephen, we need to get out of here. He's a bad actor, whoever this guy is. And Saunders is like, Jenkins? Everyone's Jenkins this week. Jenkins? <laughs> Sit down and Jen- do as you're told. No, the Jenkins no, Stephen. crime family. <laughs> the Jenkins crime family. No, Stephen, I'm leaving. Like, that's how he acts. He's so bad. So Saunders just kills him. He's like, they'll have satellite of us. Oh, no, that's Saunders. Well, they'll have satellite of us. They'll be able to track us. No, I'm leaving. This is getting too much. Um, bang, bang, you're dead. Uh, again, that was actually, Catherine Hepburn. Everyone does. Uh, that's Paul Blackthorne just getting absolutely sick of this guy. Like, oh, God. You said I could have Catherine Hepburn this week. You said you get me this guy. Um, 
so uh yeah the whole fake out with jane and kim in the car and uh jane's having a little chat here with kim oh he sent me presents and good <laughs> kim here kim looks jealous that her dad's not as yeah. good of a dad as stephen saunders <laughs> but i mean oh, kim makes he a- gave you presents <laughs> kim's really good though here where kim's just basically like well duh he was like watching you he knows everything your father's a creep like he's english come on um why is jane not british like why is yeah because and- we that was the other fake of the season where we thought that um um well the the the, the prostitute for one episode uh saunders oh, yeah. call girl uh, whatever. they're like oh she's supposed to be jane's mom but like do we ever get jane's mother's identity she's dead um <laughs> princess diana uh, i mean she's dead so <laughs> she really should be british <laughs> but like like yeah why isn't jane, that's the first time i've ever thought about that why isn't jane british um yeah so okay obviously this actress couldn't do a british accent so uh, ah, you're american whatever <laughs> you, you you grew up in in milwaukee um so uh saunders gets surrounded uh and then i love jack like steven saunders you are surrounded we are here suck it bitch uh chase <laughs> Chase is there. There he is. Forgot about him. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Because, like, before I wow. watch this episode rewatch, because obviously I watched this a couple of weeks ago on my speed rewatch, but before I watched this, I was, like, watching season five. So when all of a sudden, like, Chase comes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, Chase is still in it. <laughs> like, you're in season I, five. Chase is just an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it, next week I have the exact same moment where I'm like, oh, Chase, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> Still love Chase. Chase Bedstale's doing a great job, but uh, you know this is he, this is kind of like Boone in Lost. It's kind of like he's like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. It's like, oh shit, he's still here. Um, yeah, James, stand over there. Um, so they've got him surrounded, and this is where I, I love Saunders when he's sitting in his room and Jack's like, Saunders, come out with your hands in the air. We've got you surrounded. And Saunders is like, that's not completely true, Jack. And again, this is why I like this episode because Saunders, this is the complete fake out for the audience. Calls up Tony. Like, oh. Saunders is calling Tony. All right. It's like, how you going, Tony? Steven, long time. Yeah, I know. Uh, how's Michelle? Oh, well, hang on. We'll get to that. Um, how are the Cubs? Won the World Series yet? Oh, awkward. Uh, anyway, so um, news. Uh, Michelle, uh, log into this server, which I love 2004 technology. Like, I mean, this is yeah. half and half dial-up broadband. Enter <laughs> IP address 172763445 immediately boom there's michelle like live feed i'm sorry i'm sorry but bullshit um (laughs) i remember youtube when it first came out in 2006 it took a while to load a video (laughs) this is instantaneous like there she is tied up michelle okay uh saunders has michelle plot twist uh and saunders is like tony you're gonna you're gonna get me the fuck out of this building clear out the rear entrance i can't do that well you got 30 seconds and hangs up like fucking badass that's why i love him and like (laughs) Like, again, season four villain is good. Season five, well, pick the villain. They have their moments. But, like, I will argue to the death that Saunders is the most complete, the most badass, the most engaging versus all these other villains who have their great thing. But Saunders just has it all. And it's just one stupid thing that brings him down, and I hate it. Um, Saunders gets away because Daniel Day Kim's getting fucked up by Tony. <laughs> Daniel Day Kim, don't accept the lost contract and run to the front. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Baker. I think this is Baker's second last episode. I think next week's Baker's last episode. I don't think we get Daniel Day Kim uh, after next week. So rip Baker. He doesn't die, but, uh, you know. Uh, so off he goes and badass Saunders leaves with his little man bag and out the door he goes and Tony... <laughs> little man uh, bag. <laughs> Tony, Tony's all like regretting life uh, in the corridor. Like, what have I done? What have it was just Anakin? What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? You will be now known as Darth Tony. Um, <laughs> Saunders, um, I pledge myself to your teachings. <laughs> no, no. Um, but I just, I you will love go this to segment. the Mustafar system, wipe out the Senate <laughs> and the President too. It is a volcanic I, planet. <laughs> volcanic planet. Um, I, I like, I love Saunders here when he's on the phone, and like, what does Tony say? Like, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna gut you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip your dick off. And basically, Saunders is just like, <laughs> I'm a little short on time, so forgive me if I brush past that remark. Like, <laughs> so fucking good. And then Tony's like, I can't do that. Kevin, take out an eye. Like, good old Kevin. Uh, Kevin there for the eye. Um, 
Is everything okay? Cass has broken into the room again. <laughs> no, or? for once it's Jamie with a proper key. Oh, Jamie's not a broken knife. in. Uh, <laughs> Jamie's got a knife. <laughs> oh, Jamie. she jammed the door with her. So apparently we don't need keys anymore in this house. So she's nice for everything. Take an eye. Take an eye, Jamie. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the ending. And like, I just, this is why I think I enjoy this episode because it's just this sauna stuff is great. I love kind of this fake out with Michelle being kidnapped and not Kim and Jane. And just Saunders again, being a badass. He's got a contingency plan. He's killed Jenkins. He's got Kevin on the phone ready to cut Michelle's eye out. Um, awesome. I love it. Uh, Tony the Hypocrite, uh, there's one thing I actually forgot about in this episode. We're going to get into more Tony the Hypocrite after this. Like you said, it's going to get addressed uh, at some point. But uh, how great is it, though, that when he's on the phone with Michelle and gets the results, uh, he's like, listen, you've had a hard day. I think you should go home and nap. Take the rest of the day off. And then he's like, five minutes later, Adam, your sister's sick. But I need you to stay and finish your shift. <laughs> yep. Valid point. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyways, the, the, the interrogation scene. So, uh, yeah, I like this is this is one of those two part scenes. Like, I think it's best viewed. I watched this back to back with last week's episode. I feel like this is best viewed back to back because we get that. I mentioned last week, the good cop, bad cop, Jack. Like Jack comes in last week. He's like, tell me where Saunders is. Tell me where Saunders is. I'll pull your head off, Jane. Uh, and, and then this week he's like talking, he basically talks to her the way that I talk to my children. Listen, I need you to calm down for a second and listen to me. <laughs> so I'm going to reason with you. He basically treats her like a child, which, which is very fitting. Cause I, I, for a second, I felt like I really want to be annoyed with Jane because she's such an obnoxious, what, 20, 21 year old girl here. But I'm like, no, she's such an accurate 20, 21 year old, you know, uh, because everything that Jack says, like, listen, your father. He's a terrorist. And it's like, no, my dad would never be a terrorist. Well, did you know that he's uh, he's holding some people hostage at Chandler Hotel? Well, I mean, maybe he's just having a conference with them. It's like, okay, did you know that they're all dying? It's like, well, that doesn't mean he has something to do with it. Maybe they caught a cold somewhere else. Maybe he's going to be sick. <laughs> she literally has an excuse for everything. It's like, listen, here is an audio clip of him extorting the president of the United States and ordering the death of my boss. And it's like, well, but... In all fairness, is your boss a bit of a douche? Does he deserve it? You know. Uh, and also, like, I heard a whole thing last year or about two years ago about a faked audio, a Cyprus recording. Oh so yeah, I know that be doctored. Be you know, I think that it might be. Uh, <laughs> that picture could be photoshopped. Uh, uh, certainly, nobody would take a picture in a top secret mission in the middle of Kosovo to assassinate people and then post it online. It's a great uh, picture, by the way. You should definitely put that on your Instagram. You're looking very <laughs> like, and my dad hey. looks great. Like he's really <laughs> just trying to work out where you're pointing. Very well done. <laughs> what were you pointing at, by the way? <laughs> I, I, know, I know that you've done all the graphics and everything, but I, I hope that our graphic for this episode is that picture. Of it's not, pointing. I'm not changing it. You want to know why I'm not changing it? Because... I like, here's the thing. I've done all the graphics for every episode we will ever cover years in advance. And there are some that I literally have done where I'm like, why have I got a picture of just like Jack looking at something when clearly this week still should be like, there's, there's a, there's a, like in season four, there's this just scene of Jack and an EMP and I'll just leave it at that. And there's just maybe the most cheesiest sequence with Jack Bauer in all the 24. I'm like, how is that not the screenshot this week? <laughs> like I changed it. Um, but no, I've, I've done too much of that this week, so no. Oh, he can't be bothered. Okay. <laughs> he can be bothered to edit. Oh, fuck it. I'll do it now while we're talking. I just, you, you're right. Yes, yes. People have already seen it. They know I need to I find it. <laughs> Got the episode um, in now. It's such a funny picture. I was about to say, you have the time to edit Die Another Day song into... Every episode of 007 about 900 Colin, times. some of us don't have jobs, aren't married, and don't have kids, all right? They still live with their father, okay? Don't knock about my time ability. How many Olympians have you talked to in the last two weeks, all right? So you, Karen, this my thousandth episode, Colin. He's a busy man not getting paid. It is hard work to not get paid in this industry. Thousand episodes into this and, like, come on. On my 1,000th anniversary, you are making me do work. work. <laughs> yes. This is coming from the man who's like, Absolutely. oh, I've only got two hours because I've got to look after the kids. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Somebody's got to get paid. <laughs> yeah, somebody does. Throw me some money. I put in nominations <laughs> this week for the Australian Podcast Awards. I paid for it out of my limited funds. <laughs> Happy well, hey, Ben. If we finish this on time and I can start work on time, I could pitch in for it too. There we go. <laughs> all right. It's my 1,000th birthday present. If we win, I'm making the acceptance <laughs> speech and you're not getting jack shit. 
<laughs> we'll just leave him out like we leave out Noah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I love Casper's now banging on the door, jiggling the door knob. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Somebody took God. all the knives away. <laughs> control your children, Colin. <laughs> I'll give you some tips this on is, how to control this children. This is what I... This is what I do instead of making graphics as I parent children, <laughs> but not now. Now I got something to do. Um, I just heard the door open and close. I'm scared now. <laughs> He's got a knife. Uh, anyways, yeah, the knife. interrogation scene is great. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Jane, Jane with the excuse for everything. I mean, I was annoyed with her and then I'm like, no, no, this is the way that, you know, 21 year olds are supposed to be. And it's funny because we're wrapping up. We, because I did a lot of hard work on it. I watched it and I listened to all the podcasts, Breaking Bad. Uh, and I had the same type of reaction with Jesse on Breaking Bad, um, uh, where at the beginning of the show, I'm like, man, he's such an obnoxious, like 19, 20 year old kid or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, wait, this is the way 19 or 20 year old kids are. You accept it, right? Uh, and some but, 35 year old uh, males, but we won't exactly. comment on them. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have here? Um, yeah, the, the Tony and Sandra stuff, the, the Jack and Sandra stuff, first of all, there's certain times where there's a line where only a, a, one actor can make it work where, uh, Sandra's is saying something like, Jack, you have no idea what I'm capable of. And, and Jack's just like, so calm. He's like, I, I think that, you know, what I'm capable of as well. And just disconnects. Mm. Like so many other actors would just deliver that the wrong way. And it's just like last week, the the silent intensity that that Jack had after Chappelle's execution. And it's here where he doesn't go overboard. And this is the guy who screams through half a 24. And when he decides not to scream, like it's really good. I'm not saying his screaming's bad, but like playing this different from the way you expect him to play it uh, is fantastic. And then the Tony and Saunders conversation, even better. But this is where I start to have a bit of a problem with both Saunders and the storyline as a whole. Because for one thing, I think we already addressed this. Why is Jane still in Los Angeles? One of his main, his main target, where this whole virus thing is supposed to be unleashed. He keeps his daughter there. Like he is so overly protective of his daughter that he's got people watching her all the time, you know, tapping her phone conversations, everything. And he doesn't think to say, listen, you don't need to ask why, but I want you to go on a trip, you know, for the weekend, whatever, just get Aunt out of Carol. LA for a couple of days. Go see Aunt Carol. Uh, <laughs> go to Iowa or uh, Omaha or Wyoming. whatever. Wyoming. <laughs> one of those random states. Go there for the weekend. Like, it makes no sense at all. And and I think one of the reasons why this bothers me is because I'm on board with you. Is that Saunders is such a perfect, complete villain. And I was definitely more bothered by the plot hole of Jane uh it, originally than i am now now i can really appreciate what a good villain he is and how he he has an answer for everything like him getting tony to do his bidding and basically saying no this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna grab my man bag i'm gonna head out the back and you're gonna cover for me uh Aww. it's fantastic and it, i think it is so much paul blackthorne's performance that makes it work but this jane plot hole i just i can't ignore it because it's not just a thing later on that Jane brings him down. It has started now and it started so soon. We introduced Saunders and within a couple of weeks, Jane's in the picture. And this is more front and center than everything going on with the virus. If, if, if she wasn't there, this would be the perfect story. If you found something else other than a daughter, then th I think this works a little bit. Something that maybe he had overlooked, but it's the fact that you have written it into his character that he is so on top of her not in that way. He's so on top of her and everything well, she's doing. Maybe well, have it where she's an estranged daughter and he said, like, wait a second. I didn't think about that. Jane. Oh, but the fact that he has had security people all around her and never thought get her out of Los Angeles, like it makes this storyline so annoying. And and we could be focusing on more interesting things like his plot about getting the agent's names released or the virus. And it all takes a backseat to Jane. And that's already a problem here. And it's going to be a problem as we go week to week here. And I, I, I agree with you because, yeah, this is what annoys me. And, I, and it'd be interesting to get John back on or, or somebody to talk about this because to me it's almost like they've made the perfect villain and mm -hmm. then they've gone, oh, fuck, we've got to have this guy lose. Yeah. Um, because, like, <laughs> it's my whole point about last week where it's like, oh, by the way, Jane, he's got a daughter. It's like, what? Like, how did yeah. this, like, all of a sudden come? Like, surely, like... I mean, I, I get it. You go on these missions and you, you probably don't like how the kids, but like, I mean, you know, the Drazens knew that Jack had a wife and a daughter. So 
surely like at least one time on this mission when Jack's pointing at something, like, look at that bird up in the tree. <laughs> like, um, you know, Saunders is going, oh, by the way, I've got a daughter called Jane. Like, uh, like <laughs> she's I, American. I she's a, she's American. Like, uh, yeah, like it, it, you're right. But I, I mean, I, it'd be fascinating Wait, to think if they had to have, had have just gone like, oh, fuck, we've made this villain too perfect. Cause that's, that's maybe what does annoy me about it is the fact that he's going to get away with this if it's not for Jane. And that's it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost a double plot hole because I feel like it's a plot hole that he's overlooked. Oh, Jane is in Los Angeles. This could be a problem. But then you, you mentioned as a passing joke, but the fact that she's not British, that makes it more likely they would know she exists if she was British. Yeah. Cause they even say, wait, 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 but Saunders, he's not one of us. He's British. Yeah. But he was on loan to us from MI6. Uh, so then it makes sense that you wouldn't know about Jane, but they should know about Jane because she's American. American. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's trust me, I'm gonna be getting very angry in a couple of weeks' time with this whole jank because, like, again, Saunders is just like so good, so perfect, and then goes out like a little bitch, let's be honest. And it fucking annoys me how they take him out. That's the worst thing, maybe, about this season. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you, are you at least like, do you like kind of the way he gets out and sort of makes his escape? Like, do you, oh, do you enjoy kind of that's- that? that's the other thing that makes this episode for me, because again, it's the way that he handles it. It's, it's so calculated. It's no, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And it, to, I think one of the issues I have with it is the fact that Tony just is so quick to jump to this. You know, I feel like mm. Tony is the boy scout. He is the guy who maybe give an hour the way they gave an hour for Chappelle. Okay. You need an hour, but you also have to, again, the, the, the not blaming the writers here. They have to surprise the audience. So I'm not saying, Oh, they shouldn't have done it this way, but it does make you question, well, why would Tony do this? Is this realistic Tony would just so quickly jump on board with this? It's going to make more and more sense next week as it gets extra complicated and you see Tony trying to fight back and all that. But doing it as a cliffhanger where Tony says, all right, I'll do whatever you say. You you don't quite see where they're going to go with this later on. Uh, But on Saunders' side of it, it is brilliant and it makes me appreciate him even more. Good answer, Colin. Well done. Thank you. I I I agree. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, and you'll be pleased to know that given that I am a man of many talents, that I apparently am capable of changing graphics while we are on air, <laughs> I have done it for you. Yes. Um, so and for all welcome. of you who actually saw the graphic before you downloaded this episode, Ben had the ability to go back in time and change it. That's what's even more impressive. I want people to know this is what I do when I celebrate a milestone <laughs> episode for me. I have to fucking work. You're not Colin. Well, this Colin's is, this like Ben on your on your big anniversary episode. I'll do it for you. Thank you. You know this is a this is a milestone episode. So we needed the best possible graphic. So it had to be done. <laughs> Shouldn't be a picture of me. Uh, <laughs> let's then change the other. No, do it. No, and do the, the website is you. Shut up, Ben. Shut up. <laughs> um, apparently, so there's some trivia here. Apparently, the um. Uh, just like the 555 telephone number extensions in TV and movie, the offset range 0 to 255 limits the number of IP addresses that can exist. The IP address Stephen Saunders gives to Tony does not exist. Oh, this isn't like one of those fan phones where you can ring it. Um, Jack tells Jane that eight years ago her father went on a mission with him, but since that mission took place two years prior to day one, it would only be six and a half years. Okay, well, a bit of a plot hole there. Um, in the book, I do like here... The additional intel, uh, this one's up my alley. Production designer Joseph Hodges recreated the CTU logo after the pilot and it has been used to this day. The reworked logo is based on his love of Formula One cars, specifically using colours that are inspired by high-performance cars. There you go. I like that. Um, This is completely off topic here. Um, Well, it's on topic. So unlike the old network. I know know you're going to be on board with this because I'm going to look like an idiot here. I don't know the difference between all the different racing, Formula One, NASCAR, whatever. Um, I started rewatching the Tom Cruise movie Days of Thunder last night. That's not Formula One, right? That's something different. NASCAR. No. No, okay. So is, uh, is there ever, and I know that the Sylvester, Sylvester Sloan movie Driven, that one wasn't Formula One or was it? Uh, it was IndyCar. He was, he, he started out as a Formula One film because uh, it was a big hoopla in the late 90s of him attending Grand Prix and everything. But last minute he changed it to IndyCar, which I mean, it, if you looked at a NASCAR and a Formula One car slash IndyCar, you would be able to tell the difference because you have open wheel versus like a NASCAR mm. is kind of like you can see that on the streets, whereas a Formula One car, IndyCar, it's like, you know, like Rush, the movie Rush, the Chris Hemsworth movie is Formula One. That's so, Okay, so I was going to ask, is there ever yeah. been a Formula One movie? But yeah, I, yeah, I just don't know the difference between the racing. 
There, there's been a lot. Like, remember it was an Iron Man 2 when they go to Monaco and oh, yeah. kills. That's technically Formula 1, although it's not licensed Formula 1. Um, and then there's a John Boyega movie about to come out, I think, that's based Ooh. in the world of Formula 1. Now that Formula 1's, like, really popular, like, they're doing all these, like, uh, movie things. I think Lewis Hamilton's um, producing something with Brad Pitt as a Formula 1 driver. It's, it literally sounds like Driven. It's like an old <laughs> Formula 1 driver comes out of retirement to help a rookie. I'm like, they did this already with Sylvester Stallone. Now you're doing it with Brad Pitt. Um, but anyway, uh, Google Formula One and NASCAR, they're, they're very different looking cars. Um, yeah, Ray, Ray Owlsworth apparently said that um, the storyline was difficult with the whole virus thing because she was in New York with 9-11 and the whole anthrax situation. Um, and she says that this features this episode features one of Ray Owlsworth's favourite moments uh, when she calls Tony and lets him know that she's immune to the virus. Praising the work of director John Cazar, in particular the actress remembers, you see my relief. I'm fine. I tell him I'm fine. And I hang up. <laughs> Tony, I'm fine. <laughs> Beep. That's all. That's all I saw. And then the camera pants to the officer right next to me who gets the bad news. That is what makes the scene because it's all about survivor's guilt too. Yeah, well, you're rubbing it in his face for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's not like you said like, oh, this is awkward. Like, Kenny, can you leave the room for a moment? You're about to die and I'm talking to my husband because I'm alive. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, I'm buying this episode. I'll jump in. And um, I will say that I think I mentioned last week that I ranked, uh, you hated last week, but I ranked last week higher than this week. So I've got this as my second lowest buy. So I've got this in well, 37th because spoiler alert, next week is ranked higher than this week. So that's why this one's a one spot lower than it is on my list. But uh, so 38th after next week, but 37th right now without ranking next week. Um. I am not going to buy it. I'm, I'm going to rent it. Uh, I Aww. do prefer this over last week's episode. Uh, I prefer it quite a bit over last week's episode. Um, I'm. It's not going to be like super high on my rents either. I actually did move it up. Uh, I originally had this, I think, in 48th spot, uh, but it's going to finish in 44th for me. Uh, so just Ooh. ahead of episode four of season three and below episode 21 of season one. I will give you a million dollars right now if you tell me what my 44th episode of the Oz Network was. I, You know, I would take a guess at it, but I know you don't have a million dollars. <laughs> you spent everything you had to submit us to podcasting awards. Yeah, it cost a million dollars. Um, I wouldn't even be able to answer the question for you anyway, so I don't even know myself. Probably some third watch episode. No idea. Um, next week... I will read the synopsis as I usually do here. At CTU, things go haywire as Tony Almeida covers up the fact that he helped Saunders escape. Jack Bauer relieves him. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> didn't see that scene. Uh, of his duties after he finds out. This is really spoilerific. Um, Chloe does this. No, I'm not going to read all that because it's uh, it's much spoiler. Spoiler. Sherry's back next week. Let's let's just talk about that. So is Keela. They've both had sleep. Good for them. Um. But, yeah, I like next week. Uh, next week's good. There's uh, some good stuff in it next week. It's an episode of 24. It's good. I don't want to give too many of my feelings away on it. All I'll say is uh, this episode is something else. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is different. It's going to be a tough one for me to host. Ah, See, I'm a bit sad that you get to host one in two weeks because if you shit on the episode in two weeks' time, I, I'm after 1,002 oh, episodes, have- I'm done. Like I haven't seen it yet, so yeah, but oh, maybe. God, it's it's epic. <laughs> it's one of my favorite episodes of Twenty Four. So uh, anyway, um, that's next week. Tune into that. Uh, Lost is back. Listen to Lost. That's exciting. I know Colin's lining up to listen to Lost. Noah doing his thing. Uh, Breaking Bad's nearing its end as well. So well, I mean, it actually ended like a decade ago, but at least the Oz Network's coverage of it is finally catching up to it. So uh, get pumped and excited and all that kind of fun stuff with that and uh our bad movie month is also continuing uh i believe this week is our final one with glitter which oh time boy. Of us recording this we haven't watched it yet but um <laughs> god mariah carey that's a well, i was gonna say a woman but is she uh that's a person uh, <laughs> if i'm ranking my women i'm like that's a woman <laughs> like i mean i'm sure she's got a vagina i'm sure she's a woman but like the point is like i don't rank her high I'm in the middle with Mariah. That's my new <laughs> podcast. In the middle with Mariah. With ben, with ben Waterworth. Waterworth. <laughs> like, uh, she's not on Madonna levels and she's also not on Taylor Swift levels. So, like, yeah, like, <laughs> listen to what Ben really thinks of Mariah Carey on our Glitter <laughs> Recap. 
anything else that you want to? I don't know. You don't know anything else going on the show. You're lazy. So, uh, <laughs> how, how are the kids, Colin? <laughs> How's the, the wife? kids are How's great. I, smells like Jamie made them toast for breakfast. Uh, I'm sure they're enjoying it. I'm sure someone is. It's nice to have somebody <laughs> to do shit for you. Uh, tune in next week uh, for more 24. My name is Ben. And happy thousandth to me. Happy thousandth to me. I'm going to go do some more work. Happy thousandth to me. Uh, and my name is Colin. And in honor of your thousandth episode, Ben, uh, your sister's dying. Get back to work. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.